Translating Arcadia tells the stories of people who belong elsewhere, and the pain that comes from being trapped here instead. Their contents may be upsetting or uncomfortable. was invisible before he fell in love with the sun. He always had been, invisible, intangible, moving through the world, through the crowds of people wearing their bright skins like costumes, always half somewhere else, unreal, always trying to hear, his head cocked, ears open trying to find the thing that might fill the emptiness inside him, the part that was missing, the part that the others seemed to have that let them exist in saturated color while he faded like an old photograph. Key was born small and pale, grew up through infancy, childhood, awkward adolescence, small and pale, came into adulthood in a burst that stretched his limbs and shrank his clothes and left him towering above his peers. Still pale, but gone from eternally looking up, seeking meaning in faces tipped down at him, to studying the tops of people's heads. As his body grew, his hair lengthened and tangled. By the time he was 18, he was a boy in the body of a man, quartz white face peering shyly out from a curtain of black brambles. He tried occasionally to brush or style or restrain, but his hair refused and coiled around his neck, neither long nor short, stubbornly present. His paleness became a virtue, a mark of strength, it set him apart. It was something that people could see, could understand, could name, could render visible in place of Key himself. It let him disappear in plain sight. It kept him safe. People would ask, turning up their freckled noses, would look holding their browned forearms up to his, would challenge, staring into the sunglasses where they thought his eyes would be. And he would shrug his shoulders deeper into his black jacket, shift his hips in his black pants, settle his black sunglasses more firmly over his eyes, shrug their words off his back, shrug into his body. Let his skin stay white as milky gems. And they would look away, and he would disappear again, even before their backs had turned. That was the worst time, when he couldn't even see himself inside the twilight of his own mind. People around him didn't care, didn't mind that he gave in to the pressure of non-existence. 
stopped being entirely, slipped between moments and into the darkness, which was more comfortable after all, where no one could find him to tell him all the ways he was wrong, into the place where he couldn't tell himself that either, which was, could be, a home. Let the sun be a stranger, someone he admired through glass, quietly, while he courted the moon, who was, of course, his natural ally. But the moon knew that the gemstone of his skin was not moonstone, that he did not belong to her, and she did not love him back and key faded away again into the nothing between existences, faded into a shape outlined by longing, framed by desire, visible only by what it was not. It was too much, to disappear in plain sight, to be nothing in a crowd, too hard to struggle to hold himself here when they looked over and around and through him. Key decided he would never try again to become real. It was easier this way. Easier loving nothing, being nothing. On his 25th birthday, which came in the exact center of August, without fanfare or notice, Key woke up too early. Usually, he stayed in bed as long as he could, wrapping himself in blankets and drowsy half-consciousness till the world required he face it. Usually, he let his own non-existence linger before putting his feet on the floor and forcing himself to again be something that people could touch. That morning, he sat up with his eyes wide, rising unstartled from dreamless sleep, sat up and watched through his window as the sun gripped the horizon with its fingers, pulled itself into flat black sky, watched it spread its hands, bleach black out to soft blue, like jeans fit and faded by wear sat up and went out, naked to the waist, feet bare, into the grass, stood under the sun, let it touch his skin, pale as smoke. And the sun kissed him, and key flared to life. And there it was, there it had been all along, just under his skin. Key opened his hands and opened his eyes, and there was light. Sunburn is its own kind of pain, a pain that belongs to all the senses, the entirety of the body, a kind of pain you can't forget or wish away, can't turn from one thing to another. 
A sunburn is pain that belongs to a body in the same way love belongs to the heart, consuming and constricting, burning, then aching, then fading and leaving its mark behind. Key learned both, pain and love, through the long summer of his 25th year, in the feeling of fire painted on skin, learned it in a blush of red, like the imprint of hands, like the empty ache after a slap. He was not designed for his love. Like all great romances, it grew in spite of him. Independent of his best interest, of what was safe or healthy, no matter how much he wanted it, told himself want was all that mattered. His body was not built to contain his love, nor the object of it. His desire was destined to be a challenge, to bring him pain. But that, he knew, was the nature of true love. And in its way, the pain was easier, gave his body shape and form, held its shape and form, even when Key no longer held his, was, through its name and nature, more present than Key could be. He could see himself in an outline of pain the same color as his love, the same orange to yellow to white that flickered around him in a coruscating halo. He could see himself, and others could see him through it. But it wasn't enough to make him stay real. Still, once he'd found the light in himself, the way he shone when held just so, he couldn't return to courting the moon. Couldn't return to sweet, cool evenings and long, soft nights. Couldn't return to the gentle brush of blackness, like velvet against his skin. Once he'd seen the fire, watched the sun draw it up from his body in a rain of sparks and kisses, he couldn't pretend he was only silver water. Again, like he had when he was younger, when the work of being seen became unbearable, Key stopped trying. For a little while, failed to exist at all. It was too much, too difficult to struggle through the clouds and shadows between moments, and push himself into the world as a real thing. He knew who he was, but it felt impossible, insurmountable, to show himself to others. Not when he was so new to its shape, to the color and the texture of it. He needed to prove his love, to make himself into one that could, that left no time for the burden of existence for the work of helping people to see. But it didn't matter, because he was in love.
he hadn't prepared himself for how it felt, for meeting it face up and arms wide, for the way it would pour itself over his skin like honey, like gold. He was made of fire, made of shattered light and heat, but underneath, inside, were strange and mysterious organs nestled in the cradle of his abdomen, made of shapes and textures like silk and velvet that only he could see or touch, not on the surface. He was ready, but not where it mattered. So for a season, and then a year, he burned, burned red and fevered, blisters trailing along his shoulder like comets, burned hotter and wilder, the heat pushing itself into his skin layer by layer, burned through the days and into the nights, fell into bed a stranded fish gasping and reaching for something to cool his face, wet his lips, burned, then slept, then rose to burn again forgot to try to exist at all, learned instead how to love. For a season and then a year, he changed, and somehow, without any work at all, he slipped out of the shadows and back into the world. And people saw it surprised Key, being seen. He wasn't trying, wasn't struggling to hold his shape, wasn't pushing himself to have form and function. Somehow, despite it, despite everything, they knew he was there. Somehow, he'd begun to take up space, an object himself, not the smoke shadow of one. And with time, it became easier to exist, to continue. The spaces between the moments seemed smaller, harder to get lost in. The shape that had once defined him, the outline of longing, then pain, solidified, filled in with the shape of Key himself. Even when they looked away, he didn't melt like ice. No love runs smooth, and the love of the sun is itself a rough thing. It hurt to be seen, to be forced into reality over and over, to lose the easy, familiar company of nothingness. It made Key tired, a weariness of the soul that runs deeper than the body, a weariness that makes love difficult, makes it seem a thing worth giving up. His skin, already tender and pink from the attention of his lover, smarted under their eyes, which never seemed to blink, winced away from their sandpaper attentions tried to shrink, to fade, 
even as he found himself fitting into the space that had once been only his absence. It hurt to become real. But sometimes hurt is the language shared between lovers. Time passed. Key grew. He could see neither the passage of time nor the growth, but neither required his observation. He continued to love from afar and from within, tracing the path of sun's bright arc across the sky with the fire that echoed inside him. And people continued to see, to see the space he filled and not the spaces around him. And gradually, it hurt less to love and to be seen, to exist, to be the vessel of light. And so Ki changed. His skin glowed. The bright thing that had formed in Ki's heart became too much to be smothered. Then it cracked, lines of fire and gold creeping over him like vines. And then it was gone entirely, leaving only light behind. And his body changed, as blood and bone melted and reformed, he came to understand the knowledge of the thing growing in his mind as gradually as the sunrise growing in his body. Time passed. Key became. And then, one morning, on a day so bright, it felt as if the world held its breath. Key had become. So he went out, stood under the endless blue-white dome of the sky, looked down and saw the light he cast, the light that was part of him, that was now enough to share, saw how it fell around him, rich as honey, looked out and saw his hands, the flames that were his fingers, the way they sparked and flickered, and then looked up. And then, wearing a shape all his own, full of a light that could not disappear, occupying his place without shame or fear, the sun that had been a man climbed into the sky. This story, Man Who Was In Love With The Sun, was performed by Quill. Translating Arcadia is written, directed, and edited by Lee Seguenze. Its music is composed and performed by Michael Freitag. More information about the stories and their performers can be found at translatingarcadia.lovenames.com. Translating Arcadia is a production of Law and Media.